on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. a great job keeping that a secret oh that's fantastic here on espn radio 97.7 100.1 espn radio utica rome what's happening mohawk valley great to have you on board you can listen on the espn app what a great way to stay in touch with us on another gorgeous central new york day wherever you're listening today it might be raining where you I don't know. You could be anywhere in the world listening to us on the ESPN app. It's a beautiful thing. Download the app. You find the Listen tab. You find ESPN Syracuse. It's right there. You push a couple of things, and off you go into the world. And we'll go with you, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Oh, I love the debts in the open, and uh, you're going to find out why I'm laughing here uh, shortly. If you did not see it at the Preakness this weekend, the greatest horse in history won. Not the actual race itself, the big one, justified. We're talking about the more important race that took place before that, that another great horse took on the title. Sam Vecini is going to join us this hour. He is a writer for The Athletic. You may remember his work from CBSSports.com. He covers uh, the NBA and the NBA draft, so we want to get a report on Tyus Battle, whether or not he should stay in the NBA draft or not, what the buzz on Battle is following the NBA draft combine, what the plan is between here and now, here in May 30th, I should say, and what Tyus Battle is thinking now, pardon me, following the combine and with the workouts coming up here, because there is a report out there today from a different reporter, Adam Zagoria, that Tyus is, quote, likely to stay in the draft. So we will dig into all that. Talk some NBA draft with Sam Vecini from The Athletic coming up. Hot takes on the way. I don't know how the Vegas Golden Knights can possibly be bad for hockey, but you can try and talk me into that. And sports in general, by the way. Like, this is the sports story of the year, and people want to paint a negative picture on this, and I just don't get that. We will do that. Coming up, Cavs, Celtics, Rockets, Warriors, the NBA Western and Eastern Conference Finals have been kind of a bore lately, but we will discuss some of that. We'll go on the blind side and much more. But we do have to start with the biggest news 
of the sports weekend. And you heard the clip, which is now a part of the Open, which is just spectacular. Ladies and gentlemen, we have played a bit on this radio show forever, which we may have to retire now. Because had Seth Goldberg sat to my left on Friday, and there was only eight horses in the Preakness, so we did not do real or fake horse names for the Preakness. But had he looked me in the eye and said, Axeman, and I would say yes, and he would say, no, that is that a real or a fake horse name? I would have said, that's a fake horse name. You're trying to trick me. But ladies and gentlemen, I am here to report that it was 100% real. And they're into the stretch, I think. And it is Axeman in front on the outside title ready second as they come into the final furlong. Axeman has opened up a five-length lead. Title ready is second. Prince Lucky third as they emerge out of the fog. Pony up is fourth. Here's Axeman. Axeman won it by seven lengths, and I think he was wire to wire. Title ready was second, then Prince Lucky and Pony up in a final time of one minute, 42.53 seconds. So we may have to retire real or fake horse name A and B. We have finally found something that may get me into horse racing because there is a horse named after yours truly not really but i want to believe it title ready is second prince lucky third as they emerge out of the fog pony up is fourth here's x-man Woo! are you kidding me so i'm just uh sitting around saturday i was uh i was literally just kind of sitting around i did not have the preakness on at that point because it was one of the earlier races and all of a sudden my phone starts going nuts i get a text from my mother I get a text from a friend of mine who's at the Preakness. So then I get on social media and the notifications are lighting up. And I'm like, what happened here? I'm like, what did I do? And then I looked and I saw that the three-year-old pony, Axeman, took it home, baby. Now, it was not the real race. Oh, good for you. Well, that's, you're going to want to bring that back in a moment here because we're going to go over all these sports teams that have my name in the sports world here shortly. But how cool is that? <laughs> now, it's not A-X-E-M-A-N. It's an A-X-M-A-N. But we'll take it. Had I been informed that there was an Axeman in one of the prior races. Now, what does Uncle Brent always tell you about betting on sports, betting on the ponies? Don't do it, right? Because you can't win. Rest assured, had I known that there was a horse named Axeman in one of the prior races, I would have contacted said friend at the Preakness. I would have cashed out my mortgage and said, put it all on the X-Man. Billion dollars. And we'd be riding the high life today, man. What a missed opportunity there. So that was fun. That was funny. There's actually quite a few sports teams uh, named after yours truly out there. There's a uh, college in Canada. They're called the Acadia X-Man. There is an indoor football team. I believe they're in Jacksonville. I follow them on Twitter, the Jacksonville Axemen. There is, uh, back in the day, the old XFL, the Memphis, was it Memphis? Which which team was the Maniacs? I had the hat. I should remember this. But their hat was an axe. There's axe body spray, of course. Oh, good for you. I mean, we're just taking over the world, baby. Here we come for you. So that was fun. Uh, and uh, Did you hear the call at the beginning? And there's Axeman, I think. Because that's what happened at the Preakness. It was so foggy. The weather was so bad. You couldn't even see the race. Which is how most people view the Preakness anyway. Because they're so drunk. They can't even see it. This time, though, 
Maybe because they were drunk and it was foggy, they got a clear view of the race. I don't know, but uh, that was fun. And it was in the open, which is great. Seth did a very good job hiding that from me. All right, let's uh, get to the other matter at hand here, and our guest is going to address this coming up here. But the NBA Draft Combine is over. So you're getting the post-NBA Draft Combine reports. I did check in with the scout who knows today. Uh, A better way to phrase that is I attempted to check in with the scout who knows today, but he was unavailable. So pardon me on that. We will certainly get in touch. Well, he's he's busy. He's got things going on. You know, just, just drop everything when I text him, you know. But we will get his report. He was in Chicago. He was at the Combine. I checked in with a few other people. That were at the combine got mixed results, and look, Tyus Battle has a decision to make that you know. May thirtieth is the deadline. What you may or may not know is he's got now, according to Adam Zagoria, he's got four more workouts. He's already worked out for the Clippers. He's got four more individual workouts scheduled before May thirtieth. Maybe he works in one or two. Before that, Zagoria reporting today that he is quote likely to stay in the NBA draft and went through a couple quotes there from some scouts that said it was good that he came out, gave us an opportunity to look at him. But Tyus Battle is, is, depending on how you ask the question, is either a hard or an easy read here. The hard read is, is Tyus Battle going to get picked? And where? Because the consensus seems to be, sure, he'll get picked. But what range are we talking about here? First round? No. Early second round? Possible. Mid to late second round? Now you're getting warmer. One, and again, mock drafts are what they are, but looking, and I want to ask our guest about this coming up, what he's hearing, what he's seeing, and Sam is somebody who puts in the work, who covers the NBA draft really well. It's part of the reason the Athletic hired him. So we'll get his opinion in a few minutes here, but ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni has him at currently number 32. Now, this was a mock draft put out before the combine. So the post-combine results may affect that one way or the other, to which some of you would say, why would your performance at the combine affect your draft status when they've got, in Tyus's case, two years of film, they've scouted him every game, they know him, to which I would answer, you're not wrong, right? Common sense goes out the window on these things sometimes, but there's something about... Leaning on what your scout says, and it's quite another when a general manager, a decision maker, sees this person for the first time in person and can make that evaluation. So that's the answer to your question. I'm not saying it's a logical answer to the question. I'm saying that is the answer to your question. The other thing you got to remember here is that scouts, GMs, personnel people lie. Silly season is well underway for the NBA draft. It's not quite as... Heavily discussed as the NFL draft, but it happens. The NBA draft is just about a month from today. They have a silly season. They have a lying season. They feed misinformation out there to try and improve their chances on taking a player that they want. Could Tyus Battle be the beneficiary of said campaign? I don't know. He's got that hitch in his shot. I don't know. That Syracuse zone defense. Don't know if he can hack it here. I mean, the Pete. You know, NBA people say this to scouts and they say this to executives so they can snag a player maybe a little higher than one would anticipate. So with Tyus, he'll get picked if he stays. 
if Adam Zagori is right, and it's likely he stays in the draft, he will get picked. Will he be a first-round pick, which is ideal, which is guaranteed money, which is there's more value on you because first-round draft picks are something that teams don't have a lot of, unless you're the Philadelphia 76ers or the Boston Celtics or a few teams that have stockpiled these things. But no, first-round picks are gold. You don't want to waste those. Second-round picks, now the perception is, well, you're going to the G League, you don't get a guaranteed contract, and again, you're not completely wrong there. But I saw an interesting stat today that 70% of players picked in the second round got at least a one-year guaranteed deal. You're not wrong about G League status. You're not wrong. There's a story or two that eventually emerges successfully. But if you're – it all depends on what your outlook is. If you want to be a first-round pick, those waters are murky. If you just want to get picked, Tyus will get picked. If you simply want to be a paid professional basketball player, and take the chance that you might have to hop from one team to the next, be a pawn in the trading game, just be someone who has the status of being a professional basketball player, and keep in mind two things. One, next year's draft is considered weaker. Now, let me kind of add an asterisk to that. When people say next year's draft is weaker, and the scout who knows has told me as much, that's the lottery. That's the top end of the board. If Tyus comes back and... You know, you got to leave open the possibility this could happen. But when you come back, fair or unfair, their perception is, well, you didn't make it. That you're damaged goods of some sort, that you've been kind of overlooked too many times, and eventually you kind of land in the discount pile. Again, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's fair. I'm just saying that that can be, can be the perception on a player. Can he come back and with a weaker draft ahead work his way into the lottery? Sure he can. But when you've watched a player enough, you want to cap- you want to capitalize on the upside. You want to capitalize on the potential. You want to market the feeling that you're going to miss out on something if you don't pick me now, as opposed to I know exactly what I'm buying, right? It's one thing to take a step back, do the research, read consumer reports, figure out exactly what you want. See, my wife and I just bought a dishwasher. This is exactly what we did. Consumer reports, you do the research, you talk to people in the know. So when you walk in that store, you know exactly what you're going for. And we had a really good salesman, good for him, who reiterated a lot of these things. He wasn't trying to sell me something just to sell me something. I told him what I wanted. I told him, you know, and boom, here it is. I like people like that. Don't mess with me. But being a NBA draft pick sometimes is you kind of believe the hype of the salesman who wants to upsell you. I'm telling you, this is the car, man. We got a sunroof on this thing. It's got bing, bang, and a boom, and he's giving you all the features, and you get stars in your eyes, and it's like, oh, really? But, okay, well, what's the miles to the gallon? Like, what's the, the meat and potatoes? What are the guts of this car do? Like, is, is it a good car? And sometimes that doesn't matter. Like, buying a reliable, and I don't want to say brands of cars here because we have lots of uh, car dealerships that sponsor us here, but, you know, we don't want to make anybody upset here, but give me a nice, reliable car that gets good miles to the gallon. may not be sexy, but I'm going to have it for 10 years. That's what NBA people want. They want reliable people that they can pick that aren't just, you know, the latest thing that's going to flame out in two years. They want something that's going to be around for seven or eight years that they spent first-round money on, right? That's what can happen, though, with these NBA prospects. So where does Tyus Battle fit? 
after the combine. He's got nine more days to make his decision. He'll have plenty of workouts and plenty of time to figure out until then. Sam Vecini is going to join us next from The Athletic. Great NBA writer, covers the draft. Some great stuff. You should subscribe to The Athletic if you're not. It's like a cup of coffee a month. It's like five, six bucks a month, and you get some of the best sports writing on the planet. It's amazing. There's a free ad for them. But Sam has been writing all about the NBA draft, and he's going to tell us about it next. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, great to have you here. They're into the stretch, I think, and it is X-Man in front. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. A last ditch effort for the Jets. Up the right side, speeding into the zone. Stastny checked off on the far board. Seven seconds. Right wing shot sails wide. Five seconds to go. On the near boards, a tie-up. Two seconds. A centering feed. And it goes wide. And that's it. It's over. The Knights are going to the Stanley Cup Final. And, of course, the great Dan Duva on the call, former voice of your Syracuse Crunch, now the voice of the Golden Knights, who are going to the Stanley Cup final in year one in the National Hockey League, just the second of the four major professional sports teams to do just that. The other one was a hockey team. The 1968 St. Louis Blues did it as well in a time when the NHL had a mega expansion. Someone please explain to me why this is a bad thing. And I get that it's sports and everything's got to have two sides and we got to debate this. And, you know, you may be able to make the case to me that this is bad for hockey, that they can, you know, build a team that gets to the Stanley Cup final. But, see, there's a few things that I think debunk your argument. One is jealousy. This is pure and simple jealousy. The teams that have been around a lot longer than the Vegas Golden Knights, have not been able to do this. Now, they got the benefit of bringing in a lot more veteran players that can accelerate the growth of a hockey team as opposed to teams that have to stockpile draft picks and actually have a minor league system and every year is the year they're going to get back to the playoffs like the Sabres, but we'll save that discussion for another day. But this is a great job by George McPhee, the general manager. He played by the rules that were given to him. They knew they were expanding. See, you cannot on one hand accept the $500 million expansion fee, take the money, make the league better, put the resources into it that goes to all the owners and everything that happens when you expand the NHL, and then complain, on the other hand, that they worked the system to their advantage and got the Stanley Cup Finals. George McPhee built a great team. He found players like Jonathan Marshall, who I watched Jonathan Marshall play 100 games here at Syracuse. And at no point did I ever say, that guy is going to be in contention for the Conn Smythe Trophy one day. I knew he's an NHL player. He's very fast. He's really good. He's very skilled. But I never said to myself, boy, that's, that's, that guy can win the Conn Smythe. But I don't think he's going to win it, but he's in the conversation for it. To combine a Riley Smith a William Carlson, a James Neal, Baldwinsville's own Alex Tuck, who just turned 22 years old last week, and we had him on the show last week, so you should go listen to that at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. A defense combined with veterans and young players. Mark andre Fleury out there on the market who comes in and has been all-world for that. 
Teams have had the opportunity to beat them and keep them out of this, and not to mention the chemistry. They call themselves the Golden Misfits. They thrived on the fact that no one thought they'd be any good. This is a great story. So instead of looking at it and trying to poke holes in what's wrong with it, how about we embrace it, especially here in central New York, given our boy Dan Duva, I mentioned Alex Tuck, uh, George McPhee built the first Syracuse Crunch team when he was at Vancouver. Even the trainer, J.W. Aiken, has Syracuse ties. There are plenty of reasons to root for the Vegas Golden Knights, even here in Syracuse. And should they play the Tampa Bay Lightning, as I've mentioned a time or two on the show, well, there's an obvious connection there with the Syracuse Crunch. And a lot of those players have played here. Either way, it's going to be a very central New York-heavy Stanley Cup final, so we should not complain about it. But if you're... On the outside looking in, if you have no horse in the race, per se, right? And they're into the stretch, I think, and it is X-Man in front. Then you should recognize this as a good story. Now, the next time the league expands, and they're going to with Seattle, one would think it is not going to be as easy as this to build a first-year Stanley Cup contender. But if Seattle takes advantage of that and has good management and picks the right people and builds a team that has the right mix of speed, scoring, defense, goaltending, good coaching, great fan base, and everything that Vegas has capitalized on, then you know what I say to them? Good for you. And not in the sarcastic way that our friend Christian Bale likes to say. Oh, good for you. No, I mean in the real way, like really good for you, you did it. This is a good story. That's hot. This is a fun story, and this is a story that we should let ride out to the end. Either way, the National Hockey League is breathing a heavy sigh of relief that the Winnipeg Jets did not get to the Stanley Cup final. This is a great story. Give credit to Vegas as opposed to criticizing the league for making it easy for them to do this. Because it's not going to happen that often. They don't expand every year. It seems like they do, but they don't. This is going to happen maybe once more this decade with Seattle. And then that's it. So this is not some sort of chronic problem the league has to address. It's good on the Vegas Golden Knights. So did you hear what... uh, Steph Curry did last night. You remind everybody in the third quarter, and I'm paraphrasing that. Um, I already is, know. This right, is I your blacked house. out. <laughs> so um, Steph Curry, as you saw last night, had a very good game for the Golden State Warriors. As all these NBA conference final games have been blowouts, they got to catch up here a little bit. It's either the Celtics blowing out the Cavs, the Cavs blowing out the Celtics, the Rockets blowing out the Warriors. Last night it was the Warriors' turn. Blow out the Rockets. Steph Curry, side note, like, he's not human. I'm sorry, some of those shots he's putting in, it's one thing to be the dead-eye accurate shooter that Steph Curry is. Like, he takes shots from halfway, a, a, a court away. And, like, the net doesn't even move. That just doesn't happen. He is one of the greatest shooters I've ever watched. And I know that's not a major... I don't even get the hot take for that. I should not. That's hot. It's not even hot. It's just obvious, right? So, Steph Curry's having a, having a night. So, at one point, in full view of the camera, Steph Curry shouts, and I'll have to paraphrase uh, for the sake of this being a family radio program, this is my bleeping house, Right? I believe David Ortiz once said that about the city of Boston. This is our bleeping city, right? 
Just a, a note, kids, that mom's always watching. His mother, Sonia Curry, uh, certainly pleased with her son's performance last night, but not with his potty mouth, saying, quote, she already sent me two home videos showing me the clip and playing it back. She was telling me how I need to wash my mouth out with soap. It's a message I've heard before. She's right, Curry later said. I got to do better. I can't talk like that. A lot of it was just me talking to myself, almost like you've got to be your biggest fan sometimes. Listen, players get emotional. Adults say things on basketball courts. Grown men out there playing at a high level. When you get excited, when you get rolling, you say things. It's just another example of everybody's got a cell phone, taking things or taking them off the television, putting them on social media, and two minutes later, everybody knows what Steph Curry said, and it was not this. That's hot. St. Louis Cardinals rookie right-hander Jordan Hicks hit, and I'm going to leave something out of this for the sake of building the drama. Blank miles per hour twice in a game, becoming the first pitcher to do said accomplishment in a game in the past 10 seasons. Current Yankees closer Araldus Chapman is the only other pitcher to hit blank on the radar gun during that time frame, the only span in which verifiable pitch speed data has been kept, according to ESPN's stats and information. And one and a third scoreless innings to finish out the Cards' 5-1 win, Hicks threw 13 pitches, 13, that were clocked at at least 100 miles per hour, including two that hit this speed. The 0-1. 105. Crowd is oohing and on, and, and even his teammates are saying, you got to be kidding me. 105. Have you ever been in an automobile, automobile, that goes 105 miles per hour? Like you've done that? We've all gone a little bit too fast on the thruway, cruising around. Like, I get to 80, and I get nervous, right? I've done that before. you got somewhere to be. You kind of hover around 80. If you see a cop, you slow down to 70. Bing, bang, boom, right? I don't think I have maybe like a roller coaster or something. Like, how many times in your life have you gone 100 miles, 105 miles per hour if, like, you're not a NASCAR driver? So think about that, and Jordan Hicks threw that twice in a game, 13 times over 100 miles per hour, period. Now, this reminds me of being a pitcher that can throw over 100 miles per hour puts you in a category of certain people in sports that will always have jobs. If you can throw the ball left-handed, someone's always going to take a shot on you. If you, at a very short window, but can throw the ball over 100 miles per hour, people are always going to take a shot on you. Why did Josh Allen win out and be the Buffalo Bills quarterback that they drafted over a number of other choices who may be a better quarterback than Josh Allen? Because he can throw them over them mountains. If you have a strong arm in football, if you can throw 105 miles per hour in baseball, if you are a hockey player that can shoot over 100 miles per hour, there's just certain. Why did Jeff George have 95 jobs in the NFL and he probably shouldn't have had 92 of them? Because he can chuck the ball. There is still a fascination, there is still an infatuation with people that hit extremes in sports. Shooters will always stay around in the NBA. Ray Allen, I brought up great shooters, right? Was one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. Stayed in shape, had one of the sharpest jump shots, three-point shots you've ever seen, and stayed in the league. And probably could still play right now if you wanted to. The way you make it in professional sports for a long time is not only to be good at what you do 
and a number of other things that I can think of that have described why certain athletes have long careers. They take care of their bodies. They're smart. They know the game. They're good people out of the locker room as well. But to have that one discernible skill that will always get you a job. If you're seven foot three and you're a center and you're relatively healthy, someone's always going to sign you because you could always use a big man. Like there's certain positions in sports that you'll get a job. If you're a 310-pound offensive lineman who can still move relatively well, like I just saw Richie Incognito unretired, and the Bills released him from their retired list so he can basically go play somewhere else. Richie Incognito is a pro bowler. Everybody needs offensive linemen. Someone will sign him. Now, this depends on how much baggage you have as a person or a player, and, and there's other factors that go into this conversation. But young Jordan Hicks, as long as he keeps throwing that ball over 100 miles per hour. That's hot. He is in a category of people who will always have a job in sports, particularly in baseball. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. The risk with that is, you know, closers that had the speed but give up a big home run in a big spot, you never hear from them again, right? It is an extreme. Just as quickly as you were built up to be one of the best at what you do, if your weaknesses are exposed, then you're just that guy that could throw out 105 miles per hour but couldn't do anything else. So there's a risk-reward with that for sure. We're going to come back next hour. A little bit more on Tyus Battle, his decision that now looms nine days from now. A report out there today that he's likely to stay in the NBA draft. So what does that mean? Talk about the NBA and why both conference finals have been blowouts. I heard a theory on this today that I actually agree with. There's some sad news out there today in a follow-up about some new information we got about Chris Gedney that we'll get into. Plus, we'll go on the blind side as we do every Monday. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Hang in there. Thank you. Bye-bye.